tonight, Margie is going to be joining me as we look at the topic of revival. What does it mean to be in a place where we are actually experiencing revival in our lives? And how desperately do we need to see revival today? So I want to introduce to you Margie. She is the founder of Margie Florent Ministries. Uh, she travels as a speaker, as a prophetic voice. She's challenging and building up the body of Christ through biblical insights and teachings that are grounded in the timeless principles of the scripture. She has uh, a call on her life to really help people hear the voice of God and understand what Holy Spirit is doing and saying today. So thank you so much, Margie, for being here with us. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, and it's an honor to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Glenn, for inviting me. I really appreciate being here with you and having um, uh, just being able just to share my heart with you and your listeners. So thank you. Yeah, well, we're honored to have you. And, you know, we, we I, I made the introduction. I said, hey, look, this is all about a, a season where many people are struggling. And yeah. now we're, we're hearing new cases of, of COVID. Like right now, I personally know like so many people that have COVID and and a lot of young people even. And, you know, without getting into what's going on, let me just say that people are really afraid again. People are discouraged. It's been a long season. And, you know, obviously people tuning into this broadcast, they're from other nations. And some of these nations are in lockdown right now. People can't visit with their family or their friends. It's tough. Australia uh, is like that. A lot of many parts of Asia, Europe and even Africa Canada is just come out of like almost a year and a half of lockdown and uh, it's, it's a real difficult season. And so what has the Lord been saying to you, Margie, about where the church is at and, and what needs to happen for us to be able to kind of just get back on track again? Well, I really feel like we are in a season where the church, those that are believers need to press into God more than ever. Um, I feel like in order for us to have what I call a personal revival, we need to do certain things. And what I'm seeing as a traveling itinerant speaker in my sphere of influence in my churches is that a lot of believers are tired. Okay. Yeah. Tired. They're discouraged. Yeah. We've had so many things that have gone on in the world. We've had this pandemic. We've had prophets, national prophets that prophesied things that didn't come to pass. Uh -huh. We've had loss of loved ones. We've had businesses in our communities that have closed. Yeah. People that we loved um, die and go on to be with the Lord. So it's been a very difficult time. And what I'm seeing with what we need uh, as believers is we need a, what I call a personal revival and the personal revival is needed because discouragement has invaded our hearts and hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah. And discouragement is a beginning of the loss of vision. So many people were so uh, taken back by what we've experienced, what's going on. And they had all this vision for their lives, a vision for their wedding, a vision for ha having a baby, a vision for their families, a vision for community, a vision for their business to thrive. And here we get hit with all this darkness and circumstances and the pandemic. And so people have become, you know, bowed down and discouraged and their hearts are sick and what I feel like the Lord is saying is we, what we need is actually a personal revival and a personal revival, I believe is, is not going to be something that's going to come from man. It's got to come from God. Yeah. You know, it's not because we went to church and we heard a really good message, Glenn. It was a message of hope. And I got this message and my pastor had this word for me or a word for the church. No, now all of a sudden, We've got to get the word of the Lord for ourselves. Okay. You know, we have to hear God for ourselves. And so I feel like there's a shaking and an unsettleness 
that's taken place in the body of Christ. And when I say personal revival, I'm not talking about an awakening. Like I love the name of your ministry is awakening nations, kingdom community, you know, an awakening is really for a culture, right? For the yeah. kingdom, for the nations, but yeah. a revival is really for a Christian believer to, yeah. to restore something that was lost. Yeah. And I feel like, a lot of believers have felt the loss of personal intimacy with Jesus, the loss of friends, the loss of financials, the loss of so many things. And, and people are groping and they're discouraged and their hearts are sick. And so that's why we were talking earlier that I really feel like we needed to discuss personal revival and how we can get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, we we've been talking about um, in our, my sphere of of, of uh, ministry things that we can actually learn from this season. And one of those things is just what you what you just talked about, and and that is that we really need to have that personal, intimate relationship with the Lord, because when you're not able, I mean, I love going to uh, the gathering. The gatherings awesome, and mm -hmm. Zoom and digital platform is no substitute for the, you know, the face-to-face, -face, the in-person times of, of prayer, ministry, worship. But we still need our own personal right. walk with God. We need to be self-feeders, so to speak. Right. I love that. I love that. Self-feeders. And when I, I've been in ministry 42 years. So I, one of my messages, the cornerstone of my Ministry has always been intimacy with God, how to develop intimacy with God in the secret place of prayer. So now more than ever, we're seeing yeah. people need to be, like you said, self-feeders. And they need to really walk with God on their own and how to develop that. And a lot of, a lot of people are lost. They don't know how to get there. And they're tired and they're discouraged. So I think one of the things that when we think about personal revival is that we really, each and every one of us, even as leaders, Glenn, we need to yeah. know God for ourselves. Totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, you travel, I travel, I've seen a lot. How many leaders do you know that really don't know God for themselves? Mm -hmm. They have a form of godliness, yeah. but they don't have that connection. Yeah. How many believers do you know that really don't have that intimacy, that connection with God? Mm -hmm. So how is that developed? It's developed in the secret place of prayer, intimacy okay. with God in the secret place of prayer. And a lot of people are lost. They don't know how to get there. They're discouraged. You know, they think it's work. We have so much work. It's so much work. But I think what the Lord has been showing me, it's not just secret prayer. We go into a closet and you shut the door, you enter in, you focus in on him, use your spiritual imagination. But I feel, too, like what God's been really teaching me and, and asking me to teach others, you can lay in your bed at night, just okay. like the psalmist said. I meditated on the Lord in the night seasons on mm. my bed. I communed with him. If, if you're tired and you're weary, well, then when you're laying in bed at night, especially the moms that yeah. are helping all these kids during this, their yeah. kids during this pandemic and yeah. teaching the kids and all the fathers that are home, like working from home. What about when you lay in bed at night? You can commune with the Lord, like the psalmist says, in your own heart and have intimacy right. with him. So we can't put God in a box and say, oh, it has to be work. You have to get in the closet. You have to shut the door. It's all this. I think we can have intimacy with God. Like Enoch walked with God. How did he right. walk with God? He talked to God. The Bible says praying without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? You pray in your bed. You pray when you get up, Lord, help me today. Lord, you know, help me in the grocery store. Go in the grocery store, get in your car. You know, it's that that connection right. that we can have with God as a friend, like the scripture says, that will stick closer than a brother. Yeah. And I think that's important. And what I feel, too, is like a lot of Christians are pulling away from God because mm -hmm. they're upset. They're discouraged. Okay. They wonder what's going on. And the truth is, and Glenn, you know this because you teach this, the thief comes yet for what? To kill, steal, and destroy. Right. God's not the author of this pandemic. 
Right. God's not the author of all this trial and tribulation and mm-hmm. the disease and people dying and people hurting and people suffering. Right. It's the enemy. So more than now, more than ever, we yeah. need to connect our hearts with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Know him for ourselves. Yeah. I like what you said. We should be, we should be self feeders. Right. Yeah. And you know, we, like you said, God is good and every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the father of lights. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we have a bad devil and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all he does. As you said, steal, kill and destroy. Right. And whatever's happening politically around the world, um, you know, where did this disease come from? Ultimately, no matter what the answer to those questions are, is we are in a place where we need to put our trust in God more yep. than ever. Jesus said 100%. that this world is not our home. And and we live here. We're here for a season. And we're called to overcome while we're here. I was thinking, Margie, of the, the promise that is in Jeremiah 17. And it talks about those who uh, trust in man. And then it makes a comparison to those who trust in the Lord. And it says, those who trust in mere humans who rely on human strength are cursed. It says their hearts turn away from the Lord. This is verse number five of Jeremiah 17 in the New Living. It says they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Verse seven, but blessed are those who hope. who Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the waters. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You know, I was thinking about this while you were talking. And, you know, even in Revelation, Jesus talked about the hour of tribulation or testing that is going to affect the whole world. And and, and I'm not getting into that, like, are we in the tribulation or not? That's what I'm not saying, but we, the great tribulation. But what I'm saying here is there is testing and there is tribulation. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. And so we are in a time when the world is being tested and the body of Christ is being tested as well. And we are like trees planted by a river and we're not in the wilderness. We're, we're not in a drought. We have roots that can, can, if we go deeper with God, they have roots that reach deep. One translation says they spread out their roots. And during this difficult time, we need to go deeper with God. So, right. And it brings me to that scripture and I'm going to read it. I have it written down over here. It brings me to what, what you said really, really uh, parallels with the scripture okay. is Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the earth, he doesn't faint, knows, nor is he weary? Mm. Okay. Wow. How many of you that are listening are weary? Right. Well, God never gets weary. He never gets tired. He's not fainting. But what he wants you and I to do, all of us, yeah. he, need, he wants us to draw our strength from him. So how do we do that? So let's just read the rest of it, and I'll, I'll explain. He says he, he, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth will faint, the youths will faint and grow weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those that wait upon the Lord... We've heard the scripture, right? We've taught on this, but I learned something new about this recently. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Do you know what that word wait means? Glenn, you might know this because you're probably a better Bible scholar than I am. That word wait, I used to say, okay, we're going to wait upon the Lord. We're going to spend time in his presence. We're going to worship him. But that's not really what that means. That word wait in the Hebrew, which turns the light on this passage, is they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That word wait means 
It's the transliteration from the Hebrew. I can't pronounce it, but it means to twist or to bind whence a rope. Those that wait upon the Lord to twist or to bind whence a rope. So this verse reveals the act of nature of intertwining one's life with God. Oh, come on now. Okay. When intertwining is being done, that person is what? Made strong. Right. Or made made strong or whole or whatever. He who waits, intertwines his life with God, is made strong. So it's very important. This is what the Spirit of God's been telling me during this pandemic to tell our people who follow us, whatever you want to call us, you right. know, we're leaders, we're a voice, and yeah. hopefully we're good leaders, is that they need to really, like you said, be self-leaders, know right. God for themselves. And I, I have a rope here. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this tonight, but this is, this is a visual of a person who intertwines their life with God. Yeah. I mean, you can't break this rope. It's impossible. Right. You could get all kinds of scissors. It'll take forever to break it. But a person who intertwines their life with God is made strong like this rope. But if we're not, we're like this person who's like, like, like I think James says, tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, that not that man receive anything from God. A person who's not strong in God and basically doesn't know God for themselves is like this rope. Little by little by little by little. You could get a scissor. I could cut this so easily. Cut, cut. Yeah. The cares of this world. Right. The deceitfulness of riches. The yeah. lusts of other things. Keep cutting. Um, discouragement. Um, the list just goes on and on and on yeah. and on. You know, if we don't intertwine our life with God, little by little by little, and that's how it, Glenn, that's how it happens. I think there's a place, there's a scripture that talks about it's little by little by little that we move away from God. It's all, it's right. not huge. Like it's a true. person doesn't like commit adultery overnight. Right. It, it's it's it starts as a thought, and then it becomes a stronghold, and then it becomes yeah. a thought more, and then and then eventually it just becomes a major action. Right. And that's how the devil works. It's little by right. little by little. But when you and I and our listeners intertwine their life with God, they are made strong. And I love this analogy. I love that. Powerful analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you say that about intertwining your, your life with God? When you meaning meaning when you are a self-feeder, when you know God for yourself. Mm. you're you're strong you're not moved listen i had a terrible couple of years we all have our stories okay terrible but i never lost personally i personally never lost my focus i always knew that the lord is the strength of my life whom shall i fear when the enemy came upon me to eat my flesh he stumbled and fell i always knew this is how i fight my battles you know that song That was my song for the last two years and the song of many of my friends. Why? Why did we say that? Because faith, we have faith in our creator. We know God for ourselves. And that's why it's so important that we teach our children and the millennials and all these young people. um, (laughs) These kids need to know who they are in Christ. I think you mentioned it at the beginning of the broadcast. You said something about um, the, 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 um, you said something that triggered me to think about the necessary truths in challenging times, the basics, yeah. the foundations. Yeah. Like right. our young people don't know the basics. Yeah. They don't know the foundations. They don't know who they are in Christ. Right. That's how you intertwine your life with God. Well, who am I in Christ? Well, I'm right. more than a conqueror. Right. I'm the head, not the tail. In Christ, I am this, I am that. It's it's not about who you are in yourself. Right. It's who you are in him. Yes. And when you know who you are in him, you remain strong because you know it's not in your own strength. It's his strength that operates through you. Right. So I, I have to tell you, I'm very passionate about this message. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I truly believe that, you know, Glenn, you think about like, I don't know, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> but, you know, you think about I, one of the, there's several revivals and awakenings. 
really yeah. awakenings because this is revivals for the church, awakenings for our culture. Sure. So one of the greatest awakenings that happened, it was when um, it was the Jesus movement. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how old you are, but the Jesus. I, we were talking about this today. I was at a, a meeting with other leaders and this morning and we were the leader there who's in his seventies. There you go. Um, ended up sharing was sharing all about the Jesus movement. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, it was. So it was, we're on track. Was, yeah. So in the Jesus movement, four years before the Jesus movement actually broke out, which was a true awakening. It was not a revival because an awakening is for the culture revivals within the church. But four years before the Jesus movement, mm -hmm. Time Magazine came out with a, a, a title, Is God Dead? Yeah. And there was a whole article, Is yeah. God Dead? <laughs> now, what, what is going on with us today? Is God dead? We have a pandemic. We're stuck in our yeah. houses. The kids, the parents are, are, are having to teach their kids. The mothers are overwhelmed. Yeah. People don't have money. People are drinking more than ever. 30 alcohol consumption has gone up by 30%. Wow. Think about it. Come on. Tell uh, me. Uh, liquor stores was, what, what do they call it? A necessary, what, what were they calling? Essential service. Essential yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But is God dead? So Time Magazine came out. And then four years later, God showed himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are mm -hmm. perfect toward him. God showed up. And what I loved about the Jesus movement yeah. is it wasn't like any of the other awakenings. Right. It was it was there was no face on that awakening. Yeah. It hit a culture. It hit the young people. It hit the hippie movement. They had long hair. They were smoking pot. God yeah. hit them and they were awakened unto Jesus Christ. Right. So I feel that we are in that same kind of crossroad where people are like, is God dead? Does he yeah. see what's going on? What's so, going on? What is this? What? Yeah. Are you there? And I feel that God has a plan, Glenn. I feel like God has a plan. I feel like Isaiah 61 through 5 that. Darkness, gross darkness has covered the earth, but at the same time, amplified, the glory of God is going to rise in the church and we're going to come up out of the discouragement, out of the depression, out of the hopelessness, out of the all out of all these things we are in. And the glory of God's going to manifest and we are going to have an awakening, just yeah. like awakened nations, kingdom community. We are going to have an awakening. And I believe it. Kenneth E. Hagan prophesied this years ago. I believe it was 1980. He said the, the greatest move of God is yet to come. Wow. And yes. I thought that our generation was going to see it. I thought that we were the army, the great army that God has raised up. Right. I didn't know that it wasn't going to be us. Yeah. We saw pockets of revival. Yeah. I mean, I was the first woman in multiple churches on the East Coast in the early 80s. And we used to have moves of God where yeah. we actually, do you remember the days when we had three-day meetings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we used to go till 11 o'clock at night. Now I look back yeah. and go, Margie, you are just a long-winded preacher. You should have given the families a break. Oh, but yeah. you live and learn. But we used to have such moves of God. People were hungry to go to church. They were ready to go to church. We had young people, kids, little kids who would fall under the power and have visions of Jesus. Yeah. We were in some kind of an awakening. I thought that was it, but that's not it. God has something more planned for us. And I am contending for revival. I'm contending for this awakening, revival in the church, contending for an awakening in our culture. And I believe that prayer opens up the door for God to work. And as leaders, we can't draw back. We've got to keep on keeping on pressing toward the mark, preaching. You know, a lot of my friends have, you know, we're all, you know, we're a lot of my friends are leaders and, and, you know, it's not always easy. We get tired. We grow weary. But if we keep our lives intertwined with God, keep our focus, yeah. we're made strong yeah. and we will not be discouraged because yeah. of a lack of vision. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I was, we honestly, what you just shared basically mirrored the conversation today what was shared earlier about this season that God does have 
something planned and it is going to be greater. And in fact, it, it was stated that, hey, we have not seen anything since the Jesus movement. That's a true awakening. That's yes. what. And I think one of the parallels in scripture is the days of Elijah. And remember that song, These Are the Days of Elijah, right? Yes. And uh, very popular for a long time. But ultimately, the days of Elijah were very dark, discouraging days in the natural. And the generation was um, deceived. They, they were, you know, just caught up in what was going on at that time. It was a time of incredible spiritual darkness. And when Elijah showed up, the, you know, the very first thing that he did, and of course, it was during a famine. So whether it's a famine or a pandemic, it doesn't really matter. And what Elijah does is he challenges them and he says, how long will you waver or falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. And I, what it says, and it's so intriguing, is it says the people, they answered him not a word. So oh. they didn't. In other words, listen to this. He was preaching Elijah. And I'm saying this to everyone listening here, guys. Elijah is preaching. Okay. I mean, would you be, would you respond to the ministry of Elijah if he was here today? I mean, if he preached in, in your gathering. <laughs> and right. and it says that the people were not moved. Their hearts were so calloused and hard. And it wasn't until he prayed, and of course, the, the challenge between the prophets of Baal and Elijah and the fire of God fell. It wasn't until God demonstrated his glory and power that way that the people turned back to him. And I think we're in a similar time. Preaching isn't doing anything. And like you said, we're in a time in a season, by and large, where churches do not contend. They do not. There's there's exceptions. Obviously, I was at a church two weeks ago and, and did a three-day um, weekend oh. meeting, and I go there uh, regularly and we always do three days and we press into God, but the, and it was awesome. It's great, but that is not the norm anymore. That right. it's not the norm. Right. So, because yeah. people are bored. Can I say it? <laughs> people say are it. bored with church. Mm -hmm. They're bored because there's no Holy spirit activity uh, and people want God. They're hungry for God, but sometimes certain places the leadership doesn't want tongues how could you not have tongues you know tongues is a sign for the unbeliever in acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 at the birth of the church age what was the very first thing that happened and jesus talked about the holy spirit talked about the holy spirit when he finally manifested when the day came yeah. it was an appointed season yeah the holy spirit filled the house where they were sitting there right. appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire and they all were filled. The Holy Spirit spoke yeah. with other tongues. Yeah. So you got people that go, oh, we don't want tongues in our churches. Well, really? Well, yeah. what are we doing? I feel yeah. that the, the world, the world, I mean, meaning the world, meaning um, the unchurched, I feel that they would welcome the supernatural. Yeah. You know, I I, I work out. I, I talk to people all the time. I get my nails done. You know, all the things that we girls do, whatever. I don't know what you guys do. Some guys get manicures, but not all of them. But the, in the world system, people right. are actually more hungry for God than we yeah. think they are. Sure. And we're hiding our light under a bushel going, oh, we can't talk about tongues. Oh, we don't want people to see this. Oh, no, we're, we, we want to be seeker friendly. I'm not mm -hmm. dismissing that seeker friendly can be good to uh -huh. reaching the loss. All I'm saying is we want to see the fire. We want to see the revival. We want to see a move of God. And like you said about Elijah, when the fire came, yeah. that's when the people's hearts were changed. Absolutely. Yeah. And so for those who are listening to this broadcast, I mean, guys, just chime in for a bit. Um, wherever you are, what nation you're in, what city you might be in, are you seeing the fire of God in, you know, as you gather with other believers, are the gifts in operation, tongues, prophecy, healing, all the different gifts just go ahead and leave your comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, we definitely are in a season where I believe God is bringing people to a place of desperation. And I think there's, it's kind of like the way I've been sensing it and I've articulated it some in some places is there's a new remnant emerging and it's almost like the remnant of the remnant. And um, 
what what ended up happening is um, in this season, God is raising up people that are really committed to the authentic New Testament way of doing things. And so um, that's powerful. Look at there. Here's a comment here. Um, look at this comment. OK, so in the 70s, it was Jesus. Today, it's personality preachers that don't know how to move in the spirit. They follow programs and watch a clock. They're in the way of the move of God. They're afraid of moving in the gifts or don't know anything about the gifts and missing out on what the presence of the Holy Spirit can do within. We need the fivefold ministry to be revitalized. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Great comments. Thank you. So, so um, you, you know, you're in the East Coast. You mentioned that the East Coast of the United States, and that's an area that's been really um, locked down really during yeah. COVID-19 and, yeah. uh, how are things there in terms of, you know, the church uh, gatherings? What What's going on? Um, the churches that I'm associated with and affiliated with here, they're just, they're contending for revival. We're mm. meeting. Um, obviously, there are certain um, things that are set in place to protect public gatherings. Sure. But like you said, the remnant within the remnant. I, I totally get that. It's interesting because when you talk about personal revival, one of the things I wanted to share with you is that yeah. what what I what the Lord is saying and what he's saying to me, and I, I don't know if he's saying it to me. I don't know. Am I the only one? I don't know if he's saying it to anybody else that's listening. He's asking me for a greater commitment of yeah. dedication and consecration. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And think about that. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was honestly, I was in a meeting with Don Allen in Missouri. I don't know if Don or any of um, the people there are listening, but I was talking about this, that how God is requiring us to have a greater level of dedication and consecration. And while I was preaching, I don't know if this, is, this has happened to you, Glenn, but you know how you're preaching and you have a revelation within what you're saying and it's for yeah. you. And you mm. get kind of lost in that, but you're yeah. still for the people. Right. And when I was talking about that, I suddenly like saw my, I saw, I didn't see Jesus like, like this hand, flesh, right. blood, but I saw the similitude of Jesus and I saw him in the garden of Gethsemane. And I saw, I saw him in that place of prayer where he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And he knew he was born for such a time as this, meaning he was yeah. born to be the word made flesh. He was the one that was to come. He was the redeemer of all mankind. Mm -hmm. He was the intercessor was sent to redeem God and man. But here he's, you know, he's in the garden. He's having a struggle between his soul. My yeah. soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death and his spirit, not my will, your, my, your will, Lord be done. Yeah. So it was That's that good. struggle. And I feel like all of us, even those of you that are listening and Glenn and I, we're all as leaders. We're still in that place where God is just saying, I want you to give me more of yourself to me. Like you said in the beginning, it's a death of self. And when I saw Jesus in the garden through that, whatever that was, the similitude, I don't know how to explain it. God mm -hmm. just said to me, he, listen, he, he, he was in the garden he dedicated himself to me. He consecrated himself to me and he died a brutal death. He knew what Isaiah 58 said about him. He was going to be marred, tortured, crucified. He was the lamb that was slain. Yeah. If you've ever done a complete reading of the Bible through your Bible app, the mm -hmm. Old Testament is a bloody, bloody, like it's bloody. And then Jesus knew he was going to be that lamb, that final sacrifice that would redeem mankind. And he struggled. And it's like the Lord said to me in that midst of like that preach and that when I was in that place and I went into the spirit, it was just like God was saying to me, I want more from you. I want a greater level of commitment yeah. from you. A remnant within the remnant, like you said, a greater yeah. commitment from you, a greater dedication from you, a greater consecration from you. Yeah. Like, You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, how much more do you want from me? I have literally in my, in my head, 
surrender it all to you. Well, you know, we haven't, but the truth is we're doing the best we can. But I think that God is definitely raising up a people who will be a voice for him no matter what. And we live in the United States of America. I don't know what countries on your platform are listening, but these countries, look at Afghanistan. Yeah. Christians are being persecuted there. Yeah. People are just being persecuted. And here we're in America. Mm. You know, you know, that like that movie coming to America from back in the day, <laughs> you know, living <laughs> in America. All right, we live in America. What's the worst thing that's yeah. happening to me right now? What? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what it is. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, when the pandemic first hit, oh my God. We couldn't get our nails done. Really? Uh, well, that's not persecution. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like no. ridiculous. Now, you, listen, you're speaking my language here, and this is something that irks me all the time. I mean, right now our ministry is trying to raise some money um, just to help feed a village in Myanmar. Myanmar, COVID-19 is ridiculous amount of people. I had a list sent to me of all the pastors that have died like so many pastors and the government, the military has taken over the country. They've shut the banks. So it's like, and I'm trying to get people like guys, let's, let's send some money to these guys. Like, so we can, we can buy them rice. And, and, and it's like very few people are responding. And I'm like, personally, now I'm saying this on the air, I get this. And I'm like, am I frustrated? Absolutely. Because the heart of Jesus, one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible is in Ezekiel 16, 49. And it talks about the sin of your sister, Sodom, speaking to Jerusalem and it calls Sodom, Jerusalem's sister. And it says one thing is uh, they were overfed. They were full of pride and they were unconcerned for the poor and needy. Wow. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, making sure that that. Um, people here are are getting a share of the the pie so to speak and we're not talking about that you know that what we're talking about is people literally not having enough food and and we western christians like what restaurant are we going to eat in because you know i ate there and recently and so i don't want to go there and and so i really feel this is part of it's a it's a symptom of a sick condition, and you you're right on with the consecration part here. God is calling His church, His people, to a place of repentance. There's so much sin going on, uh, even among leaders, and there's so much self absorption and and self promotion. And we are in a season where God is calling His church to repentance. And and those who maybe don't need to repent necessarily for blatant levels of, of acts of sin, but those who are really even serving God, there's a place of greater consecration. And and I totally deeper consecration. I totally get that. God's been really challenging me on that as well. And I believe this is so important for where he wants us to go. Elijah, for three years before he calls down fire. You know, he's consecrated to God. He's at the Brook Cherith. And, you know, he didn't have an iPhone or Facebook or whatever. I mean, it was him and God, birds bringing him food and, and some water. And he was there connecting with the Lord. And I believe when you really study that closely, it was a place where God was preparing him um, to be used powerfully. And I think God is trying to do that in his church today. There's a deep call for us to, to press into the Lord, as you talked about in the beginning, that personal revival and intimacy with the Lord. Right. Like you're saying, press into God. And that's another thing about personal revival. Like, like people are so confused. And, mm. you know, what do you mean by that? Like confused and they're confused because this is the thing. It's like this is actually in in my my subject when I if when I would teach on personal revival, I was like, Lord, really, you want me to say this? He's like, Yes, that you have to press into God. Well, what does that mean? Pray when you don't feel like praying. Yeah. 
read your Bible. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You know, the entrance of his word brings light. Right. You know, my son, attend to my words. It's health to your body, you know, health to your flesh. You know, the word doesn't return void. So if you read your Bible and it doesn't feel like it's doing anything, it is feeding your spirit. Press right. into God where you don't feel like praying because suddenly you will get into a place of breakthrough, which right. facilitates personal revival, right. which facilitates, oh, my God, intimacy with God, which yeah. facilitates you just said, oh, right. we just talked about the Jesus movement. And then you and I are now talking about yeah. that to me is intimacy with God. We're hearing from God. People right. want that. That's what that's what makes being a Christian fun, that mm -hmm. we're hearing from God. We, we're on the same page. Right. But, you know, how many times, Glenn, have you prayed when you didn't feel like it? Right. How many times are you discouraged? Listen, I tell you straight up, I'm like, I know God. I went to Ramah. Brother Hagen was my yeah. spiritual father. I cleaned his house. Right. I was right. around all the biggies back in 77. Yeah. I was a kid like 19 years old and and I was raised Catholic and I just love God. But even as an adult woman, and I mean, sometimes I know not recently, like in the last five years, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, I used to be like, where are you God? Now I just know he's always with me right. in the storm in the stro in the struggle and the whole songs, all songs, you know, you know, that song, you're making new wine. All right, God, I'm in the struggle. I'm in the storm. Right. You're making new wine. Okay, I'm going to be more anointed, which has actually happened because I went through a major right. storm like we all have. But it's actually true. So you reach a point in your life where you're like, you know what? These hard times, they make me better, not bitter. <laughs> you know, I'm being crushed. I'm being cast down. But I'm just going to continue to rise. I'm yeah. going to continue to shine. And I you just to those of you that are listening that are discouraged, I'm just telling you straight up, you got to press into God. I mean, I, I, I hear this in my spirit. Weeping may endure for a moment, but joy will come in the morning. God is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. He will revive you. He will restore you. He yeah. will restore for you. Whoever this is for everything that the locust and the canker worm has eaten. Just right. trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your thought processes and wonder, and where's God? He's going to direct your path. He's yeah. going to make the crooked way straight. He's yeah. going to make the rough places plain. No good thing will he withhold from you. Don't give up. Don't draw back. Keep pressing into God. Put your worship. What does that mean? All right, let's be practical. Put your mute worship music on. I have Sonos in my house. So I put my worship music on. Yeah. Or... I play straight scripture or yeah. I put my headphones on at night and I listen to the word of God, yeah. put it in your heart. It will strengthen you. That's why Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread. Yeah. Every day we need bread. You know, yeah. I get hungry every day, every day, get hungry yeah. three times a day, you know, feed my body, three good meals. And some people feed their spirits one cold snack a week. Yeah. And we wonder why we're discouraged or, you know, we're struggling. Listen, I'm not being mean. I don't want to be mean to anybody. I'm just saying, take personal responsibility for your own walk with God. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Paul said in Ephesians 4 that if we don't speak the truth and love to one another, the body will not grow up, will not become mature in the Lord, you know, in the fullness of the stature of Christ. So you're just speaking the truth and love. And this is a huge part of the uh, realignment that needs to take place. First of all, the realignment with Jesus himself, with our walk with him. And there's been such a lack of, um, you know, teaching on that in many ways, or at least um, modeling that. It's And it's become, before COVID, obviously, there was always people hungry. There's always people that want more of God. They want the truth. But there's been a real focus on building big ministries, you know, filling buildings with people. So we have offerings and, and I don't have anything against that. You know, we attend a, a very large church when, and when I say church, even now, like my, my thinking, we attend a large um, part of a large congregation. A church is so much more than a building. I just don't want to connect it with the building. But the point I'm trying to make is, People have to learn to go deep with God. And if all we have is a large gatherings, 
or even small gatherings. Let's let's keep it real because you can say, well, man, we're the faithful few church and we have 20 people, 30 people, but you're not deep, you're shallow. There's no difference. So the point is we need to go deeper with God. And this is a season where I really believe God is resetting and calling us back to that place. Right. And I think, you know, if you think about the scripture that says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. Well, many of you who are listening are in a dry and thirsty land. Psalm Mm -hmm. 63, you're dry. You don't feel God. You don't feel his presence. Well, I have good news for you because that's the perfect environment for you to be filled. Because if you think about a person who's really thirsty or hungry, what are they going to do? They're going to seek water. They're going to seek food. If you're in a desert, you're desperate for water. So out of this dry, and I'm, this is very prophetic what I'm saying right now, out of this dry season that many of you are in, is going to come a thirst for God. You will be filled and it filled and it's going to create an environment for him to send the rain in the time of the latter rain, because it is time. We are living in the time when the rain is definitely going to fall. I'm just waiting. Yeah. And you know, the cool thing you, you talked about earlier, this that verse in Isaiah 40, I believe it's verse 31, those who wait on the Lord and the way I, um, the kind of revelation the Lord gave me about that is there's such a difference between waiting for God and waiting on God. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're passively waiting for God, like God, when are you going to do something? But waiting on God, as you said, it ha- with that analogy of the rope that's uh, been, you know, it's twisted and bound together, that intertwining. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. There's a huge difference. And, and when we wait on the Lord, then we see him act because the Bible says if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And there's a place where we will seek him and we will find him when we search for him with all of our hearts. And how desperate are we for his presence? Often our prayer is more about his promises and his provision. Give me this, give me that. But how des- how much is it that we're hungering and thirsting for him, his presence, his person, as you said, righteousness is is uh, what Jesus said in, um, in the Beatitudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. I actually am. I'm, I know that I know that I know that I know I've seen it since 1980 that we are we are definitely going to see another major move of God. We yeah. haven't we're not there yet. We thought in the 80s we had it. But is something way more than what we could ever hope, dream, or desire. And what I love, just getting back to the Jesus movement, is there was no face on the Jesus movement. Right. The only face that was on the Jesus movement was Jesus. Yeah. They called it the Jesus movement. It wasn't mm-hmm. any name on it or any big name, any person. It was Jesus. It was the uh-huh. Jesus movement. Yeah. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. And what does the Holy Spirit always do? He points to Jesus, who is the key figure in all of God's plan. He will testify of me. Mm. He will point to me. He will take the things of mine and show it unto you. Right. So I think that I'm looking forward to Jesus being glorified. Yeah. And it is a, it is a you know, a kind of a collaborative thing where, Obviously, like like Mark sixteen twenty says, they went out and preached, but the Lord worked with them. Yeah. And and I feel that you know we've as we've traveled um, and gone to certain nations, there's certain places in the world where we go, and it's just so ripe and ready, and the miracles and the salvations that happen there, and we just have like this incredible uh, visitation of God with His glory and power, and and I feel that the scripture that talks about how we have to discern or recognize the time of our visitation, we have to seize the moment, so to speak, that God is saying to us. And I believe that America and many nations of the world, um, really all the nations of the world ultimately, but I think I'm just saying specifically right now, 
um, for the United States that there's definitely um, something that's going to happen. It is happening, by, but the scale of it is and, and the magnitude of it is going to be just so much more. And, and what I believe, guys, and I just want to say this to those of you who are listening to this interview, and uh, is what is happening in your life? Has there been anything tonight that the Lord is really, by his Holy Spirit and his word, and through what Margie has shared, has really just been challenging you? Then let's not just be hearers, but let's be doers. And let's come into that place where we are. You know, the Bible says be swift to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And it's talking about the word there. And we, I want to just hear what the Lord is saying to me. And I want to I want to humble myself and do what I need to do to be really uh, prepared and, and used by him and blessed. So so why don't you, Margie, uh, and share any closing thoughts and then maybe just minister to people as the Holy Spirit prompts I just you. really feel like, you know, the families have really been attacked and the mothers and the fathers who are sitting home and schooling your children and working from home and putting the kids to bed. Listen, you're imparting your heart to your children. And, you know, when you train your children in the ways that they should go when they're old, they will not depart from it. So keep doing what you're doing. When I had three kids in one year in 1992, I did not realize that it was a learning experience for me that I was training and equipping this next, the next generation, which not only included my own children, but all of their friends so there's a scripture that says we know in part, we prophesy in part, we don't, we see through a glass darkly. Basically what that means is simply, we don't always know what the future holds, but just enjoy the season that you're in. Enjoy where you're at with your families. Enjoy it, even though it's hard imparting to your children and studying with them and trying to figure out the whole thing with them because bonding is taking place training is taking place and you're being an example of Jesus Christ to them. So I just want to encourage you with those words that God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. And your primary ministry is really to minister to your own family. So don't get discouraged if you're not having all these major encounters with Jesus Christ, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep praying, pray in your bed, pray as you go, keep your focus on Jesus study the Bible, read the Bible, do whatever you could do to keep your heart open and refreshed. And God said, I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. So I would just want to encourage all of you that are listening, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't grow weary in well-doing. So many of you are doing a good job. I can't tell you how many friends I have there. Everybody's trying to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're all human. There's none righteous. No, not one. Just keep doing your part. T take a hold of what you have right in front of you and continue, like the scripture says, to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Just do your thing and do it with the best of your ability. And God is with you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice that is listening. Father, I just pray, Lord, please, I'm asking you, to anoint them with fresh oil. I pray that your spirit would come upon them, overtake them, rise up within them, and that you would anoint them with fresh oil, that you would anoint their eyes to see and their ears to hear, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding, and that in the next few days, into the next few weeks, in the next few months, that they would come to know you more clearly and deeply in Jesus' name, I just speak Thank a blessing over each and every one. Amen. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.